0: The epistle for this Midnight Mass of the Resurrection is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. Brethren, if you be risen with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Mind the things that are above, not the things that are upon the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ shall appear, who is your life, Then shall you appear with him in glory. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the 28th chapter of the gospel of St. Matthew. In the end of the Sabbath, when it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and coming rolled back the stone and sat upon it. And his countenance was as lightning, and his raiment as snow. And for fear of him, the guards were struck with terror, and became as dead men. And the angel answering said to the woman, Fear not you, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord was laid. And going, quickly tell you his disciples that he is risen. And behold, he will go before you into Galilee. There you shall see him. Lo, I have foretold it to you. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. My dear faithful, why do people hate God? Why do the nations rage against God? This is a question we have to ask ourselves after contemplating the death of God, the crucifixion of God. The Pharisees so desired the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, and on Good Friday, they finally succeeded in accomplishing what they wanted so much, to kill God, to kill goodness itself. So many times they had taken up stones to throw at him. So many times they had tried to grab hold of him, to seize him. But they were not able to take even the first step towards their goal of destroying him. And then, as you know, on Holy Thursday night, suddenly they were able to succeed beyond anything they had dreamed. Suddenly they were able to capture him. They were able to turn him over to Pontius Pilate and in a summary judgment, have him die the most humiliating death possible in front of thousands of people gathered for the Passover, this death slated for slaves, the death of crucifixion. Why did they want to kill him? What had he done to merit such wrath our Lord himself asked them this question I've shown you many good works for which, which of them do you want to kill me at Tenebrae on Good Friday we heard Saint Augustine telling us all the good things that Christ had done for them he had borne with all their weaknesses he had healed all their diseases he had preached unto them the kingdom of heaven he held not his peace at their iniquities that they might hate them rather than the physician that came to cure them. What was the result for all this goodness that he had done to them? Without gratitude, says St. Augustine, for all the tenderness of his healing love, like men raging in a high delirium, throwing themselves madly on the physician who had come to cure them, they took counsel together how thou might kill him. And they did kill him. They murdered him. Why did they do so? What was the real reason? The reason was to save their own lives. They were so attached to their material life, their material way of living, that they wanted to kill our Lord. Our Lord came to bring them divine life, eternal life, but they only saw him as a threat to the material life that they were living, their life of power, their life of vainglory, their life of pride. This is what Caiaphas says when they get together. He said, If we let them him alone, if we do not go after him, Then the Romans will come and they will take our place and they will take our nation, take them away. So unable to save their power, to save their material life, the Pharisees put to death the divine life. They hated goodness because it was an obstacle to their life of power and self-satisfaction. My dear faithful, this is the choice that we all have to make every single one of us, which of the two lives do we prefer? Which is more important for us, the material life or the divine life? Which life will we strive to foster and maintain at all costs? Look at what people do in order to save their material life their material way of living, their material goals. They commit murder. They kill people in order to hold on, to clutch to their material goals. They kill their own children. They see their own flesh and blood as an obstacle to their material goals, to their career, to their pursuit of money. To this simple fact of them being able to do whatever they want, not having responsibility. They abort their own children. Some others who are so attached to the material existence when they are no longer able to pursue a life of vainglory, a life of power, a life of pleasure. They hate their life so much that they kill themselves. They take away their own lives. They murder themselves when their life, their material existence, is no longer able to be lived. What about lies? Do people tell lies in order to hold on to the material existence? We know that the Pharisees lied so much about our Lord in order to murder him. They brought false witnesses before their own court to accuse him They told lies to Pilate. They told lies to Herod in order to get him condemned. They told lies after he rose from the dead, bribing the soldiers to say that while they were sleeping, the apostles stole the body. Sleeping witnesses to say that he didn't really rise from the dead. How many lies are told by those in power in order to hold on to their power, in order to bring others under their power? And what shall we say of all the cheating and stealing that goes on in this world? Is it not done to pursue a life of greater material wealth? To highlight, to accentuate, to increase those material goals. Are not all the sins that that are committed? Are they not committed out of some desire to create a life that is more material, more pleasurable, more wealthy, more powerful, more famous? out of an excessive love for the material world. All the temptations that come to us as Catholics, that come to us from the world, the flesh and the devil, they are asking us to seek these material things instead of God. This is why in the end, there are only two types of life that are possible. The one where we pursue God or the one where we pursue self. One where we seek to promote our material life at the cost of everything else, be it God or man, or the other where we seek to promote the honor of God at the cost of all else, whether it be our pride, our pleasure, our fame, or our glory. The Pharisees hated God. The Pharisees killed God because they hated the divine life and they loved the material, selfish life. Why do I bring this all up? on Easter Sunday, on this night, because the main question of Easter, the central question of Easter, is life. The rising of our Lord back to life is the pledge of our life. This is what St. Paul talks about so beautifully in the epistle of this Mass you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. When Christ shall appear, who is your life, then shall you appear with him in glory. This is a major question in our lives that we have to address on Easter Sunday. And a priest always knows that on Easter Sunday, there's people here. Perhaps will only be here on this night. Perhaps his only opportunity to speak to them, to reach them. This is a question especially for them. Where do you find true life? Is it in the material life? Or is it in the divine life? What happened to the Pharisees when they tried to save their material existence by killing the divine life? They totally failed. In the end, the material life cannot be saved. It's impossible to save it. We have to realize this. The material life has to die. The Romans did come. They totally destroyed Jerusalem. They razed the entire city. There was nothing left, as our Lord had predicted. Meanwhile, What happened to the divine life. Just three days after they thought that they had killed it, it rose to a new life, to a glorious life. This is something so important for every one of us to understand clearly. We cannot save our own lives. Nothing you can do can save your life if you're talking about the life of the body, if you're talking about your life here on earth, if you're talking about a life of money or fame or glory or pleasure, nothing is going to save it. Nothing whatsoever. Your material life will one day die. Those who are desperately trying to save that life are only delaying the inevitable. We rightly honor those who save the lives of others but the lives that are saved are saved for a death that will just happen later on. The saving of a life is the delaying of a death in this valley of tears. No one is able to save a life in such a way that it will never die. And this is what makes Easter so important. If you cannot save your own life, if no one can save their own life, What can you do? What is your plan B? You know death is coming. What is your plan B? What's your answer to death? The only workable plan B is in the divine life, in our Lord, who is our life. Our Lord so wants to prove to us in his resurrection that he, can save our lives in such a way that no one else can. He can save our life in such a way that you will never lose your life again, such that you will live forever. You will enter into a different type of life, a life where you will not suffer, a life where you will not die. You cannot die. The Pharisees tried to save their material life and kill his divine life, they died, and he rose from the dead. Why did he rise from the dead? He, proved, he did it to prove to you that he can give you life. Remember what else he did, that strange sentence that we read in the Passion that I myself skip over so often. It's just kind of there, but we so easily miss it in the Gospel of St. Matthew. The graves were open. And many bodies of the saints that had slept arose and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection came into the holy city and appeared to many. Our Lord himself rose from the dead and others at that same time. How strange was it for people to be rising from the dead, all kinds of people just rising from the dead when our Lord rose from the dead. meeting people that were, just think of if, if Ben or Eric Talley, suddenly just showed up for this Easter Sunday Mass. How shocking that would be for us. People recently dead just appearing. And there they were in the flesh. This is what happened at the resurrection of our Lord as a proof to you that our Lord has power over life and death and that he wants to give life. This is even why our Lord chose to die himself. He couldn't prove to us that he had power over life and power over death unless he died and unless he came back to life. So my dear faithful, do you want that life? That our Lord offers? Or do you want to try to save your own life? Do you want to try to save your own poor material existence? A life of fame or pleasure or glory or money or whatever? What is your choice? It it's, should be very obvious to us. Our Lord says, Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. So many people have tried to save their lives. All of them have failed. Our Lord's plan B is the only plan that has been proven to work. There is only one condition to put into practice that plan for your life, and that is that you live the divine life if you be risen with Christ. If you live in Christ, you have to live the life of God over the life of the body. This is what you must do. Tonight, our Lord gives us a wonderful gift as our divine physicians to help us accomplish that. He gives us his own glorified body in the Most Blessed Sacrament. St. Thomas calls the Blessed Sacrament a pledge of the future life. A pledge of that eternal glory. As often as you receive our Lord into yourself worthily, that life of God, that divine life grows within you, the only life that lives forever. When you receive our Lord Jesus Christ tonight on this Easter Sunday, ask him for a strengthening of that life, that he may give you that power to conquer selfishness, to live for God, He came in this world to lay down his life for his sheep, that they may have life more abundantly. And those who are united to him, those that eat his flesh, he will raise up on the last day unto life everlasting. Let us live our lives now so that one day we may be among that happy number. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.